0: What's I am?
1: <laughs> I am.
0: Frank Forza here with Life Jitsu Art of Life. And I am here back again with Cindy Mahalani Sellers, who is a 28-year healer, has angel farms in
1: and I and it wouldn't fit into the ta- tablet that I had, and they they couldn't do it, and then I couldn't pull it up on the tablet either, and mm-hmm. then they didn't have the right hookups to it, even though they said they would. And I, oh, okay, that's all right. I don't need them. I don't need to have my PowerPoint presentation. I'll just do it by ad libbing, which is fine.
0: Okay, I am back here with Cindy Sellers. So, Cindy, you were telling me. Um, about colon cleanses and again if you could repeat why why is it important for me if I go to a colon cleanse to feces? see the feces <laughs> the shit the parasites the life all of the bad things that come out of my colon and you said what like you know
1: because even in the dead sea scrolls, 7 to 14 and up to 30 <laughs> Um, because even in the dead sea scrolls it says when it talks about you know the the cleanse it says mm-hmm. it says that you shall see with your eyes and smell through your nose the abominations that inhabited the temple of your body mm-hmm. even all the fears which abode in your body torments all manner of pain and disease i tell you truly baptism within can free you from these and so when somebody sees like a worm, or a rope, or a pocket, or or something. It, it it it's a it's an opportunity to be able to go. Wow! I understand why I wasn't absorbing, and why I was having this pain after I eat, or why. Why, when I did eat, my stomach wasn't working properly or or whatever. There's this whole thing that that it does matter. And one of the things that I think is the most important thing about Angel Farms is seeing what has been inhabiting your temple and understanding that, wow, I'm free.
0: How do you give it to them? How do you deliver it to me? If I'm there and I did the colon cleanse...
1: Then, um, we, then you're all done, and you did yeah, your cleanup so what, that we it, teach you. It, it, and can then, I take it with you? What, no. what happens? Well, uh, you could if you want to. We yeah. Sometimes I say, you want to go show that to your doctor? Okay. Because yeah. you, you knew well, it. What and, do you put it in? Well, in a... Glass baggy jar. or glass jar or whatever. But I don't do that very often. But once in a while we do. and But then we lift up what you've been laying on. And we have big tanks. And so people can see right there. Oil slicks, worms, ropes, pockets, whatever. And and always better out than in. And then And then we put it down. And they go wash up and go eat a soup of the day. And we provide these beautiful, organic, yummy soups for them to eat every day. And nobody starves. And everybody gets better. So but yeah um, it's important to see it's very important to know what what has been the cause and what organ in the area of the day has been affected by it and now knowing that that organ gets what it needs is also an enlightenment it's 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 an enlightenment it's a way angel Literally farms it enlightening. it's it enlightening. Is enlightening yeah enlightening. angel farms is a path to consciousness a path to awareness you know a path to enlightenment
0: because what is get, the colon the colon's functions are what You mentioned there's hundreds or what, hundreds and hundreds of functions for the colon.
1: Well, you know, the colon's function is... Because I
0: always think, uh, for some reason, when, when most of us, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when most of us think of the colon, we automatically think red meat's bad for colon, meat <laughs> sits in colon, and we just always just sort of think, man, colon just kind of takes care of, just meat is like, everything else is good, the colon takes care but just, you know, meat, meat, it handles meat. And for some reason, that's in my really? consciousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never what heard is of the,
1: that. What does the colon actually do? Okay, so the colon is actually designed to do to do a bacteria flora breakdown, so that the the molecules coming from a 23 foot enzymatic breakdown from the small intestine empties in front of the, in into the large intestine for a, twi- a five to six feet of a of a bacterial breakdown, okay? And so that's when the molecules can get smaller, smaller, smaller in order to get through the bowel wall and feed the organs. And so it's a it's a way to take it in. And without the bacterial breakdown, wouldn't go.
0: So we talk about this thing, the big thing now is gut brain connection. They're talking about how everything that goes on your gut, the gut's the second brain mm-hmm. and the gut is influencing serotonin, et cetera, and you have good bacteria and bad bacteria. Some are saying, some doctors are saying, look, there is no such thing as bad bacteria. Bad bacteria serve a function as well. Um, but you're saying, hey, a lot of that stuff, that, good, that, good, that, that gut bacteria that's so vital for us is colon. A lot of it's colon.
1: It's all in the colon. The, 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 the small intestine is an enzymatic breakdown and in an alkaline condition, so 23 feet of enzymatic breakdown, thank you pancreas. The large intestine is all about a flora breakdown: Acidophilus, Bifidus, Salivarius, all those kind of floras that break down in the small, in the large intestine. In an acidic condition, so floras don't get into the to the small intestine; they're only in the large. And so they're the final breakdown of the molecule of the particles of the food that started when you chewed your food to liquid, hopefully, swallow it. Gets into the stomach, stomach only breaks down proteins, the lower part of the stomach breaks down fats, then it empties into the small intestine and, the, and your, your beautiful little pancreas releases like a biocarbonate or a baking soda in order to neutralize hydrochloric acid so it doesn't eat holes in your small intestine, and then releases 325 different enzymes, this is the pancreas job, for 23 feet of enzymatic breakdown to break it down to smaller particles, and then it gets into the small in, or to the large intestine at your right hip area, your ileal valve, goes uphill and then starts bacterial breakdown for smaller particles, and then it gets into the bloodstream. And here, here's where it does that sodium-potassium exchange between red blood cells and lymphocytes here's where it gets in and just literally nourishes and that's why in iridology you can see the whole colon and you can see when there's pockets and and places where it's not getting nutrition through you can see that the organ that suffers from it and so it's really cool to be able to go wow that's out of me and now that gets in and that organ gets rejuvenated
0: what are the greatest destructors or destroyers I don't even know if "destructors" is a word, but I, but I like it. <laughs> I like it too. What are the greatest <laughs> destroyers of the colon? I mean, is it is it does it start with 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 you know underhydration or dehydration, and then is it in fact red meat or a particular meat, or I mean, there's all kinds of bad stuff and chemical crap in the foods. I don't know why we just right. single out red meat. I right. heard that hey, red meat sits in the colon for you know three yeah. or five days forever, whatever. That's what, not true, though. What are, the, yeah, what are the greatest stressors and destroyers of that colon? If you really want to be really hard on your colon, what are a couple things you do to really be really hard on it?
1: The biggest thing that, that, that hurts the gut area, not necessarily just the large intestine, but the small as well, because it's your gut area, Oh, we're talking about, the whole area, mm-hmm. is fear. It's this thing called F-E-A-R, fantasized emotion appearing real. And fear is contracting and love is expanding. And your, your gut area is your fear center in your body. And it's easy to know. Some people can, you know, all, oh, your fear center is in your kidneys or in your heart or whatever. But, you know, if you don't know it for yourself, you're not going to catch it. So I tell people, here's an example. Imagine yourself getting into the front seat of a 12-story roller coaster. Not the back, but the front. And you know how it has the bar to hold you down and makes the sound that goes click, 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 so the car doesn't go backwards and you're going up two stories, click, 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 five stories, click, 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 ten stories, click, 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 12 stories, and you're about to drop 12 stories down. Whoom! Where do you feel that in your body? Oh, oh, in your gut, right? Mm-hmm. And so your gut is your fear center, and fear is contracting. And so when you see what happens in the colon from fear and trauma, and when we've had a meal coming through our digestive system, we got traumatized, and then the fight-or-flight response had to take over and bypass the 85% energy-consuming digestive system. It, goes, it, it, it gets held into the soft tissue of the colon, creates these pockets, which makes accumulation in houses for yeast and candidas and and parasites and junk to hang out in there. And, and every one of those areas is associated to an area of the body that is no longer getting nutrition through the bowel wall because it's, it can't get it in. Fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is your view, your worldview kind of fits with mine. And I've thought, and, and I don't know nearly as much. I mean, you know, all of this stuff is so comprehensive and I don't, you know, I have been exposed to a lot of it's fascinating but I have long suspected so you sort of create a hierarchy right and you create this hierarchy it might be God or faith at the top and then it might be thoughts and feelings and then it might be uh, you know you know nutrition and then it might be you know whatever right then it might be exercise and then you might go on but so there is some sort of hierarchy, and someone like me imagines, because I've noticed this. I mean, I have a friend, she had chemotherapy, and she had bone marrow transplant. She was given, like, whatever, 25% chance to live, and she's going on, like, 30-some years, and she eats terrible. I mean, she eats terrible, and, uh, but, but the one thing she has, she has incredible family support, and she's happy as all heck.
1: Awesome. And I
0: was thinking happy people are hard to kill. Happy That's people right. are more bulletproof. They're more diseased. Effect. There's That's something true. about the vibration, and it's almost like this is my theory, by the way, that there's a vibration that makes the cell more resilient true. against whatever it is exposed to. And so, you know, you're you're saying that you're and you're basically saying, I mean, it's the inversion of that, which is the opposite of that, which is yes, these people that are stressed to the nines, that are under grief, that are fear vibration. The cell simply has less resilience. And so anything that the chem all the chemicals were exposed to pesticides, glyphosate, etc., get in there and they have a field day because mm-hmm. you have this vulnerable being. Mm-hmm. The immune system army is asleep at the wheel, distracted, it's fighting too many battles, right? It's fighting the battle of this, the fear, that this this hormones firing insulins out of whack, the all these chemicals, it's it's overwhelmed. And so Again, I have a bias toward what you're saying because I have that prism. I already have that. And some people say, well, that's just crazy. But at the end of the day, I say to people, too, you have to pick something. You have to have some philosophy or some just to have whatever the scientists say tomorrow is what I will believe. I always say, Mike, my core philosophies are I just have a strong inclination and a strong assumption of, First of all, is it natural? I just have that. It doesn't mean that there's never a time and place for things that aren't, right? You mentioned, like, whether you're, you're at the emergency room or, you know, whatever, life and death stuff, and you, they put a needle in you that brings you back, well, then I guess that that has to be done. But but I have a bias when it comes to food, nutrition, etc., towards a God-made, can you pronounce it, um... <laughs> Is it, you know, is it Franken food? Is it genetically modified? I have a bias against that, and I don't want to because I always, I always say like, if I just put my trust in a GMO, if I just put my trust in science, you oh, know, 25 years they reverse course and say, oh, sorry, like they did with cigarettes and so many other things, telling pregnant women they can smoke. It's like. No, I'm not going to be that guinea pig. You, I'm not going to be the guinea pig for science that I, that we know is not thoroughly tested. I mean, we know that about GMO. It was not. It did not have a 30-year track record of being tested before it was unleashed. It did right. not. Right. It's like we, you know, they did very short-term studies on some animal. It's good, right? Same thing with vaccines. Mm-hmm. Vaccines, the whatever the 40 to 50 vaccines and counting that they keep pumping in kids. It's like, oh, trust us. There's no population of kids previously in history that got 40, 50 vaccines. There's none. There is, there is no. It is like, it is a guinea pig science. So I, always, but I always say, look, you have to have some biases. We all have to start. We have to have some philosophy. If you're a coach, you have to operate like yours is. God is love is a philosophy, right? So you have to. We have to wrap ourselves around something versus just saying, oh, scientists, please tell me everything I should ever think and just. Please, I'm, I'm wide open. Just tell me what I should think. Tell me what my code should be. Instead of just saying, like, look, I look at the, when I look at the teachers, I don't look first and foremost at what they said, what they teach, what the degree is. I look at the honesty and integrity in my system of judging it. A lot of people, the honesty and integrity is, oh, you went to Harvard, and it's assumed you're honest. Oh, Yo, you're a scientist. It's assumed you're honest. I learned in journalism, I don't make that assumption. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Nah, the, honest, the degree means nothing to me to the honesty equation. And the lack of a degree, people like lack of a degree is lack of credibility. too. you guys like, no, lack of a degree is lack of credibility. So people make commonly, in my mind, they make the mistake that degree equals credibility, honesty, smarter than everybody, and lack of degree means dishonest, not smart, not whatever. And, in fact, you see lack of degree, a lot of times you see people that are, in fact, more open-minded, they're willing to go to places, they're willing to explore and experiment with things that just mainstream experts, I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm highlighting that word, mainstream experts aren't willing to, sometimes it's, it's so linear and they're so tunnel-visioned on mm-hmm. in an echo chamber of this is what we're supposed to do. Of course, those things are usually very handsomely profitable, which you wonder how much is all of those Crazy, crazy profits. How compatible is that with, as you said, healing? Mm-hmm. Right? How many people are in medicine because they want to be healers? Beautiful thing. How many are there because it's like, eh, it's really good money. Mom and dad said I should be it. I don't know. I mean, it just somewhere we went off the tracks. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's the system just just runs us off the tracks. But in any event, and I forget where I'm going with that. But but um, you know, with the nutrient. But anyway, I talk about this hierarchy of. nutrition where you have you know maybe someone like me might say God and faith at the top and then and then and then intention and and thoughts and feelings and then nutrition and I put nutrition far above exercise by the way right but but to your point I'm talking about fear and grief whatever I'm like I I am heavily inclined to agree with you simply because happy people are harder to kill. Mm-hmm. And it is something, what is your explanation? Mine is that there's a sort of something in the vibration, we're vibrational beings in this entity, in this dimension, that maybe it's just that, look, just that happy vibration just makes, it like, Help. it can be surrounded, you know, because it reminds me, even as people, someone who's really happy can be surrounded, and you have this, can be surrounded by crap, they can be, they could live in a ghetto, they could be surrounded, and sometimes in war zones, where we saw holy cows or whatever, they're still pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Still, it's hard to wipe the smile off their face. And you think, well, can a cell, if a human's like that, we see them, it's like, do you realize that like the world is going to hell in a handbasket and there's all these things and there's terrible things, there's terrible people, and this person just cut this person off, this person just beat this person, this person just murdered. Do you realize what's going on in the world? What are you smiling about? What are you so happy about? If that can be true of individuals, if happy people walk around like that, what's true at the cellular level? Can that cell be surrounded by chaos, corruption, evil and bad, and be like, man, eh, i am just do my thing. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not sucked into that whole thing. has to be which is true on a human, personal level, the, the totality level of it, has to be true on the cellular level that that cell is simply harder to kill, more resilient to the chaos and the corruption and everything bad that's around it. They would be like, wow, what's going on? But if somebody buys into it, the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm surrounded by bad people. I'm going to let them drag me down. I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to say something mean to them. I'm going to slap that guy upside the head. And now I'm sucked in their game. What happens to me at the cerebral level when yeah. I do that?
1: Easy to get ill. Yeah. And you know, if you relate it if right. to a to an organ, um, an organ, the organ that's related to happiness is the pancreas okay because mm. the pancreas by the ancient was known as the smile in the body and the the pancreas is a very interesting organ it's, it's a 7 inch sea cucumber looking organ in the shape of a smile and the ancients called it the smile in the body and you know that it's written in every religion and every tradition that mankind has created to have great joy it doesn't say great sorrow manipulation and control it says great joy and when people go for long periods of unhappiness okay then you take a picture of their pancreas with an x-ray, and it looks like it's an upside-down smi- smile or a frown, which really means they've dumped their happiness out. And the pancreas is an organ that will take you down very quickly if you go for long periods of time being unhappy. And so your, your goal is, is to recognize that your birthright is happiness. You're created to be happy and joyful. And so if you can follow that, you're going to find your digestive enzymes of 325 different enzymes that the pancre- pancreas releases into the small intestine for 23 feet of enzymatic breakdown in an alkaline condition, which is very interesting because it also produces a liter and a half of amylase every day behind your second molar and under your tongue to break down carbohydrates in an acidic condition. So it's the only organ that does both acidic and alkaline in the same little organ. It's only seven inches big, right? it's kind of amazing but it is associated with happiness Mm -hmm. and when people come to Angel Farms and they have diabetes or diabetic (laughs) conditions or they're working into that you know the thing that I really pound into them are you going to be unhappy about that are you going to choose to be are you going to practice your happiness are you going to pursue happiness are you going to do what is your birthright and be happy anyway and because happiness is a choice
0: why did you choose it's interesting I was at a place called Lavender Farms uh, Key Creek they have lavender farm in San Diego. Outside of San Diego, it's wonderful. It's incredible. I went there kicking and screaming. And I just <laughs> thought, what are we doing? I with with a friend of mine, like, what are we doing? Lavender farm it was boring. The cell, so, there's no cell reception. It was hot. There were gnats everywhere. It was you know there were rattle Fear you know beware of rattlesnake signs everywhere. Which I'm not scared of rattlesnakes. I haven't seen a rattlesnake, but. In all my years at west but but I thought man and then it was amazing with the whole farm experience of being out there and the and the, and when, when the nighttime fell the place had this whole different personality too and it was it's incredible but anyway why angel farms because it's very it's interesting with the farm is it the imagery of it is it why did you choose farms because you could have called it angel healing you know whatever maybe you have a sub name for it but why did you feel like that is the appropriate name and having farm i understand the angel and you have uh-huh. sort of angelic qualities and angelic demeanor but why the farms part
1: you know that's a very are good you question. Grow, are
0: you growing are you growing your own stuff there well, you're we, growing your I, own papayas and
1: you know yes. the gmo papaya now but i
0: guess hawaii is declared war on the gmo papaya thing good good for you hawaii yeah. but why yeah. farms
1: um, you know, we do we do have lots of produce and, on and our, not just farm, on our not just farms. Angel
0: Farm, but Angel Farms, farms plural, yeah, yeah, because
1: we're going to be growing into new facilities as well, and I and I have a vision of that as well. That's another reason why I'm going to Houston. So, um, but. You know, a long time ago, 28 years ago, I, I I went in to go get a card when when I first started this work and and one of this beautiful men who had done the cleanse and his wife and saved his wife came out of cancer so so then he came and he kind of could do good things on a computer and he said I'm going to help you make some cards you need some cards and I said okay. So I go over to his place and we're sitting there and he said, "You need to have a name for your business." And I said, "Well, you know, you can just call it Cindy Sellers." And he said, "You know, just a card." And and he said, "Well, do you want me to put all your credentials behind your name?" I'm like, "No, because I don't want people to focus on that. The focus is going to be on them and not on me. So, uh, so that's not important to me." And um and so he said, "Well, you know, you got to have a name." And I said, "I don't know." And he said, "You know, you're an angel, and you and you form angels because you know." I understand that in my journey and my wife's journey that you use 200 gallons to sprout an angel. So you're an angel farmer. And I'm like, I am an angel farmer, and so that's where it started, angel farms. and. And so he's the one who kind of, you know, dug it out. <laughs> and, it, and it fit perfect. The whole, you know, it's been, it's been a, a powerful thing because that's what I do. I do farm angels. I am an angel farmer. I am, I am you know, somebody who I, I all, I, you know, when people first come to see me and I say, you know what, I know who you are already. And in 10 days, you're going to know who you are as well. But you want, I want you to know that I hold that realm of knowing for you that's beyond faith. Nobody can shake it. I I, I get a chance to see you through the eyes of the Creator as a whole you. I call myself the Michelangelo of angels because... Because a long time ago, somebody asked Michelangelo, how do you get these beautiful um, uh, you know, sculptures out of these big hunks of rock? And he said, you know, the beauty's already there. I just get the junk out of the way. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I do to people a- a- on earth. I- I'm a farmer of angels because the beauty's already there. The creator put this amazing beauty already in there. I just get the junk out of the way, and the beauty shines, and it, and- and it blesses the world with with wholeness, you know? So,
0: mm-hmm. I love it. Now you and I, we, you mentioned oils earlier. You said, "Yeah, I gotta talk about oils." <laughs> and you got someone like me. I'm, I'm interested in this rabbit hole because, again, the nutrition thing. Everything moves at warp speed now. Maybe not for you, but remember, I'm still, I'm still a relative baby in the nutrition artist space. Even though I've been in this space, weight cutting and. You know, eating for nutrition, eating for performance, athletic performance for what 33 years now. But man, I'm just scratching the surface. And the sad thing is, I know more than like 98% of the people that I know. Uh, <laughs> but still, the more you know, I don't know what I don't know. So the more that I know, I'm like, wow, there's so it's such a deep rabbit hole. And I'll give you my my thoughts so this can help you formulate. You can speak to this but so I've heard some doctors that I did I do trust they look olive oil is the greatest thing in the world for you I've seen other doctors say, oh, olive oil you know saturated fats and yeah the coconut oil is bad for you and olive oil yeah yada, yada. and so I have bought into the cold-pressed extra virgin um, uh, organic olive oil and as well with would I consider some some of the better coconut oils because I realize that the quality matters, right? So you know when these scientists say that, hey, uh, coconut oil is bad for you, like, which coconut? My first question, which coconut? Oil? Olive oil is bad for you, which olive oil? I mean like, they're not all created equal. But having said that, the deeper I go down to it, and you say eat real food and eat food in the way it was intended, right? You know, hand to mouth and the you know let it go in your mouth and the enzymes already start firing versus it, you know, that you can, you can juice it or you can oilify it and, and, and it can, um, and it wasn't intended. Like you, you, I think you were saying to me yesterday, like, show me, you know, show me some olives, you know, that where, where show me in nature where people were drinking olive oil, you know, they were, they were eating the olive, but they, we weren't crushing it or producing it as we are now. So someone like that, you saying it, it makes perfect sense, by the way. I mean, it makes sense. Um, so, what are your views on those oils? The coconut. you'd say, you'd say someone like you. I think you were even said to me yesterday, eat the coconut, but don't go with the process. Of that. that 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 coconut oil has been processed. Tell us your thoughts and views on those oils because you, you're you're dying to tell us, and it's obviously something that you see that maybe drives you drives you a little nuts because it's pretty popular now. Oils. What about MCT oil too? Is that one okay? What's what's okay? Well, you,
1: you know, it, it, it's across the board. It doesn't really matter what kind of oil it is. Nowhere in nature do we ever see concentrated oil natural for us to eat. It just isn't, nature doesn't do that. So only mankind squishes a lot of hemp seeds to get a tablespoon of hemp oil or flax seeds to get a tablespoon of flax oil or coconut. We have 31 coconut trees on our property, and I've never seen coconut oil natural in nature for us to eat. We have to process it to get it out of the coconut. Or, um, you know, hemp oil, or you know, I ever said that one, um, you know, why, are we so, why
0: are we so scared of the actual? Like, why are we scared of the yala? Why are we scared of the coconut? They're not scared of it in Thailand and some of the other countries in the Asian countries. Why are we so scared of just the thing as it as it was? As
1: it, you know, because because there's there's a lot is of it people because I
0: gotta crack the coconut somehow or, or what, well
1: I think I think that it still comes down to money because there's a lot of people that say if you eat all this coconut oil, you know, this is going to be real good for you and in my and it's good for my my pocket. Uh, olive oil is the same thing you know and, and, and it's it's a. It, the, but here's the thing in the body okay because I always take it back to what's it going to do for the body
0: yeah. and if well, it's what, not what is, healthy what is olive oil going to do to the colon or some of these organs what's it going to do
1: okay and I'm not talking about sautéing your vegetables a little bit when right. you're, uh, you're, you're scrambling you're, your eggs yeah. I'm not talking about that you're much. saying
0: somebody like me who thinks that it, in abundance is, right put, is it, it put a
1: tablespoon in your smoothie right. or a tablespoon right. of coconut oil in your coffee you're saying somebody like
0: me who is a regular staple and we go a little with gangbusters right. Let's have right it gangbusters right. Yeah.
1: right okay and what happens is is that the the oil gets into your system you, you eat the oil right and then your little gallbladder which sits in the middle of your liver hat is the only organ in the body and it's as big as your little finger by the way that's designed to break down concentrations of oil via bile. So it's a little sack of bile that, that, that is squished into the lower part of the stomach once the protein's broke down and so that the fat can be broke down via bile before it gets into the small intestine, okay? So there's kind of a process that happens. And when, the, when somebody's doing oil... Uh, and, and small, your gallbladder is very small, on top of it, on top of it, on top of it, then what happened is, number one endemic going on in our mm. society right now is young people losing their gallbladders. It's crazy because they're so overloaded with oil, it, it blows it out. Mm. And, and also, the oil gets into your digestive system, and guess what? Human beings are warm inside, and it rancifies rancid oil in in warm conditions, right? And so then it gets into your small intestine, which is supposed to be not having all this oil in order to break down, enzymatic breakdown of your nutrition, and then it coats the small intestine with oil and it coats the large intestine with oil and it rancifies and it stops absorption of nutrition and then it can't breathe either so the pores start opening on the skin because it's trying to get is trying to breathe the body's trying to breathe it can't breathe anymore and it's got rancid gross slimy oil all the way through your system and nature never meant that your body was never meant to handle that and it's just stupid so, mm-hmm. sorry, but it is. And so, it doesn't mean that you can't put the coconut oil or the whatever all over your skin and your hair, but when you put it through your digestive system, you're going to make yourself sick, you might lose your gallbladder, and you're going to stop absorption of your nutrition. You know,
0: what's, what's fascinating is that, and you said you've done this, you know, you've done, what, 6,000 or so, whatever. How many colon cleanses? Well,
1: you, that, that's just times... You know, but 6,800 people worldwide. I see. But that's wait, day, wait, wait, by, that, day that, by day by day by day. So we're so we're not, we're talking about. No,
0: well, what's what's interesting about oh it my is gosh. That, so you have you have scientists, you have different scientists. You have scientists that study metadata. They just study other other studies and break them down. You have scientists that look under petri dish microscopes. You have different scientists, right? But but yours is the end product like it's not so even even built in I mean the problem with, with science is that it is open to interpretation right so we could say causation does not equal correlation does not necessarily equal causation uh, correlation does not necessarily equal causation and so things that are just that you know nice headlines in newspaper stories when you break them down you're like wow, well, this could be a hundred other things, and they're just pinpointing and saying this. This is causing a, a is causing B, and it's like it's not that simple. But what's interesting is your yours is an end product. I mean, you're actually studying like it, that's fairly irrefutable. It's not open. It's not in an animal. Oh yeah,
1: can't argue with me. Yeah, right there in front it's of it's us. It's coming. It's coming out of a human. Mm hmm.
0: You and are the, you are able to 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 study it and see it, and and, and in combination with seeing the person so you can combine a the perception of the person's energy the light the posture the what you see in the iris so you can do a you know whereas a scientist might just again they might just have the petri dish they Mm -hmm. just have that but they might not have a sense of that in each person and then what does the person look like other than just disease like give me the person's vibration give me their energy give me their posture give me what their iris said give me that they had deformities like really adding up a more complete picture of someone than to just say 38 year old man with hardened arteries who had these conditions and came in and we looked at it under a microscope and it said this. Right. Um, you, you have a chance to have a, a, a much more, again you get to know these people personally, they're not mm-hmm. just in your office for three minutes, four minutes, five minutes and you, you say okay thank you, your test will be back in Colson in two weeks, there it is, there is a, a um,
1: intimate A relationship that happens there too
0: <laughs> where you can use all of that all of those senses and all that in sensory information in combination with um, in, in combination with um, with that and I, and I think that's fascinating because you can see and it reminds me it's the same thing in the athletic realm where Science, which interestingly enough has the word- science has the word sense in it almost right sense common mm-hmm. sense science it's very they're very similar words and and most of science i think is common it's common sense it's just it's just hopefully right yeah, it should be common sense. <laughs> It's like you just like, well no whatever science i've seen that is, most of it is just common it's kind con- it's a high functioning person would be like yeah. you know they were saying at the sages we're finding. Science today is confirming what sages already were saying, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that just fell by the wayside and that was buried or whatever. But but what's interesting is when I look at a lot of the great... There's science and there's art. And so even what you do is more art. But what's unfortunate is art is minimized. It's very unfortunate because a lot of times the artist is ahead, is preemptive of the science. The scientists, when they are right, they are coming in to say... Hey, you're an artist, you're a high performer, you're a sage, you're a very wise person. What'd you do? Can we follow you? Can we look at what you did, how you think, whatever? Can we do that so that we can teach the 98 99% who won't figure it out? We just simply won't. We need to, like, so somebody is doing it. Some intuitive person or some gifted person or some advanced artist or genius is doing it already, just like in, in, in coaching. In coaching, you don't just sit there and, like, well, I need data on all of this, 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 this. You go, so much of it is spontaneous. What's the room need? Like, it's like, what does the person need, right? You, Someone comes to you that you don't know which button you're going to put. They may need something different than client A, B, C. And so that's a coach, and, and that's a very living, breathing, breathing, spontaneous, improvisational, adaptive thing in real time versus science, which can be much more rigid, much more stiff, much more limited. And, and it's unfortunate that, a lot of times what the artist is seeing, the great artist, the genius is seeing in the trenches, science sits in its ivory tower and its arrogance and says, no, that's not what we're seeing here under this petri dish. Like, no, but I know you're in petri dish. I'm going to do you one better. I'm looking at what's coming out of the people or they had the coach saying, I'll do you one better. You can crunch all the numbers you want. I'm down in the trenches with the athletes and I can tell you, I'm an intuitive person. I can feel this is this and this. This is 100% this. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the data is telling us, and the data is just like, it's just like anything. It's like, they're like stats. They can lie. I mean, the stats, every lawyer will tell you, you can make any, you can make mm-hmm. a stat do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, science, they've gotten to the point now, especially for the corporate, most of it's bought and paid for science, you can make, you can make it do whatever you want it to do. You can, and then whatever doesn't do what you want it to do, you simply own the study, and you suppress it, and you throw it out, which is exactly what they're, they're legally allowed to do that. The FDA allows them to do that. They just... Mm-hmm. You, I paid you, you found something to the contrary, something that does not benefit my brand, does not benefit my product, it is buried. It does not see the light of day. It's not legally allowed to see the light of day. And so it's interesting what has become science and what minimizing, like what you see right there in the trenches and saying, this is exactly what I see mm-hmm. thousands of times. I'm on the front lines. This should count every bit as much, if not more, as what, because those Petri dish people would be like, no. You're wrong. You're a quack. You're whatever, and you're in the trenches. Experience right there. What you're looking at doesn't matter.
1: And you, and what I, we're
0: doing matters. We studied 30 people.
1: Yeah.
0: We studied 50 yeah. people, and we found X. And we're from a prominent university, so you're just whatever you saw with the. You say it with people with vaccines. The kids, they see. You know, if all of these parents could speak and be listened to and listen say, "Look, my kid was fine," and then the vaccines. And, but they're just minimized. like, no, can't be, because the doctor says, it's not possible that, yeah, there's a, everywhere, and once in a blue moon, yes, maybe possible, but no, it's not possible, all of you are just, you're just wrong, and, you know, so the parents just minimize, like, no, it doesn't matter what you guys see in the trenches, it doesn't matter, you had a normal kid, and then a the kid got the vaccines, and then within a day or two days of that, it, no, it can't be. Just can't be. I mean, because we're the scientists and we would know. And so, you're just a disgruntled parent. It's the same thing. It's like you're the artist. You're in the front lines. You're in the trenches. But no, it can't be because we're in an ivory tower. We went to college. We studied this for a long time. We are really smart. We got better grades than you. It's not possible. <laughs> so. Not possible, right? That that is the way our world. So, so, but what, but what fascinates me is that what you see. On the front lines, you're in a position to see, to, 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 again, even when you, you get to where it's interesting because you could, I mean, even without that, you could look at somebody and say they're not healthy or they're dealing, you're an intuitive, empathic person. But in combination with that, you could know even more specifically. Like, I could see someone and be like, that guy's fucked up. That person's depressed. <laughs> I mean, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But you can pinpoint, hey, this guy's. He's really feeling it in this region. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm just like this guy's a fucking mess. Right? <laughs> and you know, and not everybody do but but you can be very much more specific and do it even better because you see on the colon product which confirms for you this was a problem, this was a problem, other than just no, this is a sick person, this person's not right or this right. person's right. you get to see that and you can be like dent to And that's that's a fascinating degree of feedback.
1: And you know, in the last four years, maybe five I've seen more oil slicks, rancid oil slicks, on my tanks than I did in 24 years all together. And is it
0: the oil craze and yes. selling it on? Yes, it's bad.
1: It's a craze, and it's just insane what it's doing to people and blowing out gallbladders and rancifying in our bodies and stopping absorption of nutrition. People are trying to eat better, and they're, you know, they're doing it because they're thinking they're being healthy because somebody told them, oh, this is going to help
0: your. Are you a fan of MCT oil at all, or, or what's your take on that?
1: You know, I, I think that I think that you know that's a little bit different because. People aren't taking it like on tablespoons at a time, you know. It might be a little bit of a of a of a, of a dropper or something. Yeah. So and, and and even CBD oils a little bit different. But I did see a, a lady recently that what was are the
0: oils you think for sure? G- g- Go into say something? Uh, well, yeah, lady recently
1: she was using CBD oil capsules that she was making for herself in putting them into her rectum in order to help her with uh, hemorrhoids. And but the problem is, is she was still putting oil into the colon, and it was making her sicker and sicker and sicker, and it wasn't helping her hemorrhoids. Now
0: what's fascinating about this, this is the this is the paradox, and it is fascinating, is, you know, you're sitting here and you're saying basically, look, this is it's rancid, it, it's not ideal.
1: Nine days, she still had oil.
0: But but what's interesting <laughs> is, and we and we both kind of have this theory. What's interesting is, even if people, okay, even if your theory is correct with oil. If somebody is happy, they're just more bulletproof and more resilient of it, and they can kind of get away. If they have good hydration, they could get away even with doing that, even though your point is well taken. You're saying, look, it's just not ideal, like, don't do that to yourself. But oh, by the way, if you are happy and you have good hydration and, and you know, you, you, you have good, pretty good life habits, your body's that resilient. It's that amazing that it'll probably forgive you that. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't have good habits, which a lot of people don't, let's face it, 70% of American population are obese or overweight. So if you have people who don't have these good habits, and they're paying the piper, and they're under the weight of grief, and they're under the weight of depression, and then bam, okay, now yeah. you throw in these oils that you consider, as, hey, these are, these are rancid, these are bad, 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 this is not the way nature intended. Eat the um, whole
1: food instead of a fractionated food.
0: Yeah. Better. By the way, really quick then, what is your idea? You had a, a beautiful chart down there at your, you know, uh, you know, um, with your, your presentation. What. What are the foods, you know, and in what proportions, you know, your idea of a healthy diet is what? What, you, what would you so advocate? I,
1: I like to keep everything simple because I think that nutrition has got so crazy that nobody can understand it. And I'm a, I'm a translator of a lot of information and in making it simple. I believe that truth isn't truth if you can't teach it to a 12-year-old. So everything that I teach is simple and understandable. Mm-hmm. And um, I was told by many of my Native American teachers, it's a gift that I have in translation. So, I appreciate that, that they saw that in me. So, what I recommend and what I live and what I teach even to my clients when they're coming through the cleanse is every day you eat seven different vegetables, mm-hmm. two fruit, two protein, one carb, a gallon of water, and a lot of love. And that's easy. And you can teach that to your children. And I need to talk about carbs for a second because that's another misinterpretation. Okay? Um, so carbohydrates are what the, the pancreas produces a liter and a half of amylase every day to break down just carbohydrates in the mouth. What is a carbohydrate or a starch? Is anything that looks like a grass or grows like a grass. So that includes mm-hmm. bananas are a grass, not a fruit. Corn is a grass, not a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Wheat, rye, wo- rye, barley, you know, quinoa, uh, oats, all of these are grains that grow like a grass. They're the seed of a grass and they break down via amylase in the mouth. And so everybody should have one carb a day, but a potato is not a carb. Mm. It's a root vegetable. And so people people bend that all out of shape like, "Oh, I can't have a potato because it's carbohydrate." No, it isn't. So you it's would, a root you, vegetable. You,
0: you, you, would, you would count I could get away with a potato plus one carb. I could get away with
1: it. Yeah, yeah, potato would be part one of your one of your seven vegetables. Even
0: the regular like boring white potato. Yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah, they're, f- they're good for the liver. Now, again, I'm talking, you have a bias because you are from Idaho. So the, 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 well, the...
1: no, it's the way that it grows. It has yeah. nothing to do with bias. It's how the, it's how the food grows in the ground mm-hmm. coming up to feed us is how the body breaks it down. And so it doesn't matter what it, you know, it, a, a, a potato grows under the ground, is broke down by some of the 325 different enzymes in the small intestine. The carbs or the, or or the grasses are broke down by amylase in the mouth. And so it doesn't matter what it it, it, it matters how the body breaks it down, period. And everybody's body does the same thing. It doesn't matter whether you host in a man or a woman body or whatever. What, it's still what is, your, what the is same. your
0: take on sugar, though? I mean, sugar, you know, sugar, I mean, the, I, the studies I've seen is like something like 150 plus pounds of sugar yeah. per day running through the average American. Yeah. What's your take? I mean, but you know when how peop- destructive...
1: You know, I, I don't put that much energy into it because I think that that people put too much energy in what's destructive instead of what's instructive. <laughs> and so, if people just easily did seven different vegetables, two fruit, two protein, one carb, a gallon of water, and a lot of a lot of love, there the, the, what's happening is their body will get more of what they need. Mm-hmm. And and I tell people don't eat the same thing every day because the body likes variety. It's kind of like you know doing a workout program. You start with your upper body in the one day and your Glutes and you know the next day and your stomach and back the next day because the body likes to be shocked in order to build muscle mass faster. Mm-hmm. The the digestive system is the same way. It doesn't like the same thing every day or it gets cranky and so so you got to give it a lot of variety the the creator gave us lots of variety on the planet we better understand that there's reasons for that and so seven different vegetables can be a lot of different things but that can be done in one in one salad it can be done in one sandwich you can count the vegetables on a sandwich it can be done in one veggie juice it can be done in one soup in the evening whatever and you can count them and the, and then you know you've got building blocks for your body you need every day so seven different vegetables and don't eat the same ones the next day and that and the body likes that but sugars sugar is something that you know like uh chocolate you know they did a big study in Washington that showed that chocolate really isn't is very healthy for us. It depends on if you're adding a lot of extra ingredients that are not so healthy, but chocolate was shown to have the highest source of bioflavonoids of any food ever tested, including the bioflavonoids that strengthen nerve endings and relax nerve endings. And so that, of course, is why women... Crave chocolate before they cycle like no other food in the world because of the way that it works with blood vessels, right? And so strengthens blood vessels and relaxes nerve endings. And so, and, and so, it's actually a healthy, healthy food via the bio, the bioflavonoids in it, highest ever.
0: Do you have a particular chocolate? Because I mean, I've heard the distinction between cacao and coca. I mean, they're both part of the dark chocolate. You know, the the, the Chocolate, but but do you make a distinction between the cacao and the cocoa? Or you just not really. Discussion? Do you, no, have, really. you guys have good dark chocolate? Oh yeah, we and,
1: and we Hawaii. we actually have a guy who teaches that Sharky's cho- Sharky's has a chocolate and coffee factory and grows all vanilla cacao. They're
0: they they very similar, right? They're very similar crops. I mean, so wonderful, and yeah. And, and he
1: chocolate. grows them all on the same property, and it's really beautiful, and and uh, um, and teaches people how to make their own chocolate. Why you guys have
0: your, you can grow coffee there too? Oh yeah,
1: tons of it. Wow. Tons of it. Kona Coffee is very famous, you know.
0: Now, coming down home stretch, BJ Penn. Now, yeah. I used to Yay. work for, for Ultimate Fighting <laughs> Championship, and I have met BJ Penn. I've seen him with his mama there, and and uh, you know, by the way, BJ Penn. I mean, BJ Penn. And and I've you know, you're talking to somebody who's been watching fighting since I was eight or nine. I've got more fighting in this brain. And 99.9% of people on the planet. I mean, more, even more like violence in terms of <laughs> seeing fights and being at boxing matches and being in cage fights and training. You know, i trained for years and years. And so, but this guy stood out when he would do the walkout, right? They, they walk, it takes like a, it's like a three-minute walk. Uh-huh. They come out to music, three, minutes. It's a long walk.
1: He's, He uses the rainbow song. Yeah, you know, you talk about the it. You have
0: you have the it factor, too. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you when you... When when you when you you're in the room, people will notice you. He has that it factor that when he mm-hmm. when he even when he's out of shape and pudgy and whatever, when he walks into the arena, especially to that that the the Izzy song, it's a it's a hybrid song of yeah. somewhere over the rainbow yeah. Yeah. plus yeah. Uh, uh, another song to you know basically defending Hawaii's honor. Mm-hmm. And it is it is just riveting. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. it'll make the hair stand up on the back of your you know, on the back of your head or back of your neck um, so he really just he, he had the, uh, you know, didn't always have the best work ethic but super gifted and on fight night really rearing to go, you got to work with BJ Penn tell us about, uh, you know, and again, patient client, whatever, so you don't have to tell us uh, you know, whatever, super details but your, your impressions of BJ as a person and, and just, you know, having him as a client
1: he he's wonderful. He's part of our Deep Ohana, our our spiritual family, and his whole family is just amazing. Brothers, brothers, wives, sister from Las Las Vegas here has all come and done the cleanse. Just really beautiful, beautiful people. Um, BJ, when I first met him, I was doing a, a a meeting or a seminar at his at his gym, and he walked out and had been working out, and I said, Hey, BJ, you know, if you came and did the cleanse. You 'd have a stronger upper body and those and you 'd have bigger you know bigger pecs and he said, "I work on it, and I try, and it just doesn 't happen I said, well you 're having a malabsorption problem in the upper part of your body, and there's a, there's a reason why and, and I know because i 've been doing this a long time, I just see it, and he said, "Okay, sign me up, <laughs> and so he came on the next one that he could, and I think it was like four weeks later or something. And 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 on the fifth day, he wasn't known before the cleanse. Bc before cleanse, he wasn't known for his upper body strength or stamina. Right? He kind of like would be okay for a few minutes. Yeah, then he you're was out. known to gas. just yes. in,
0: in his defense. But yeah, his lower fighting. part.
1: Yeah. Kick ass, right? He could jump out of a swimming pool from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, really saw strong. That, yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you got in his legs, you're dead meat, right? Because he was really strong. But. When he when and when he came through the cleanse and of course he got lots of stuff out of his transfers and stuff, then um, on the fifth day of the cleanse he said, "Cindy, I tried to work myself out and I could not get tired. I'm a brand new machine." And he was so excited. And after that he won the world championship. And those pecs he got are ours because they got real big and real strong. And I still call it claim them as ours. <laughs> he laughs about it as well. But and he's a, a very beautiful precious heart you know i had a hard time watching him fight because i love him so much you know and i i don't want to see him and get hurt Boy, he <laughs> quit. That guy would not quit. yeah and he's too, almost like
0: he you know you see people again we talk about pride and ego and these things that are very destructive to organs and can be destructive they can take years off of our lives to have a huge ego to have so much pride to um you know, the the even to come fight from a place of anger. We see yeah. fighters, you know, for instance, pro fighters pull from many different emotions. Sometimes yeah. anger, yeah. but um,
1: he's humble.
0: Yeah, but, but 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 a lot of pride. The best fighters do have a lot of it. It's interesting; mm-hmm. they do have a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. They they it, it might not be as healthy on the back end to the organs, etc. Again, fighting itself is not, yeah. it's not that healthy. I mean, <laughs> in and of itself. You know what I had to really
1: work with BJ with was what he said to me. He said, "You know, sometimes I'm in the gym. I mean, in the in the in the ring, right? And he, and he's wondering if is somebody's feeding his dog at home. And I'm like, what, BJ? That's gonna get you hurt because you have to be so present." in the ring and you can't be thinking of other things so that's going to pull you out and cause you harm and so I really worked with him on on you know being present using his senses of hearing sight taste and smell and sound and and really be using his senses to stay perfectly where he is so he could be perfectly on target and not and not be distracted by his dog being fed at home you know? <laughs>
0: So anyway. it's interesting because this nutrition just the the nutrition piece and again you and I both know you far better than I do that when we talk about enlightenment there are levels of enlightenment and you know nutrition in my mind and probably your mind is not top of the pyramid but it is a key piece Mm -hmm. and for a lot Mm -hmm. of people what I see for a lot of people it is one of the first movers oftentimes what we see in the path to awakening oftentimes is heartbreak hardship a, trauma you know, a tra- traumatic mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. and then you know somebody got sick or they're or they're they're really sick or somebody got somebody they know got sick and, and died and so then they start to look at well what's really in the food I've got to make a new leaf and then that nutrition thing that nutrition piece can lead them down a the rabbit hole where they start to have a higher consciousness they start to have a gain a, a higher awareness more mind clarity and then they're preparing their mind to go and talk about things like feeling closer to God feeling and experiencing a deeper love Mm -hmm. letting go of things but a lot of times for a lot of people it's until they until they crack into the nutrition piece they really don't seem to um they don't they don't seem to a lot for most people again it's possible someone could just be like, look, they do whatever, they eat whatever, they go do yoga, and they go meditate, and they're good. But as it happens for the vast majority of people, I would say, like I always say to people, I say, look, show me, show me your shopping cart, and I'll sh- probably show you with a high degree of probability. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, or even your level of awareness mm-hmm. in general. I mean, there are exceptions, but 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 there aren't many uh, that I've met.
1: So so what I have seen what's working in consciousness for many many years yeah. is that the more conscious you are the better you eat the more conscious you are the more clean you eat because you want to have readable ingredients so yeah. your body knows what it is because there's intelligence so yeah. there's an understanding the more so consciousness which and is you were
0: saying earlier even to body is temple the body as yeah. well, your temple it if, is. You, if you had that attitude yeah how could you not? How yes. could you just, you
1: just eat, throw anything it, in your cart? You couldn't. Yeah. So you so you just start looking at if you can't read it, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and a couple of things I want to really quick quick uh, is carbonation. So carbonation is literally so deadly. Is, it I've been telling people for years, it's a molecule of carbon and molecule of sodium that explodes all the way from your mouth to your butt. <laughs> and and the thing about it is, is that what do we do when we exhale? Like, sparkling water.
0: Sparkle yeah, not, all of not it. Real.
1: That's not yeah. real. it's not real. It's not it's, real. It's actually added carbonation to the water to make it sparkling water. And so, um and, and sometimes even the... Regular sparkling water that might be natural, they're still adding it to make it more consistent through. the through. So if you pick up a Perrier water, you know it's been added carbonation. Um, and, and so what happens is, is that there's another study that came out a few years ago about, they took eight ounces of just carbonated water. That's all, no sugar, no of the chemicals that you can't read and, and again, if you can't read it, don't eat it, that's a, that's a clue to, car- to consciousness. Um, is, is, uh, and if you, if you choose to you better look it up on Google and know what it is so your body has intelligence because if you're going to give it something it doesn't know what's it going to do it's going to not know what it is it's going to store it for later until it figures it out mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you lose the game so anyway but, but the study showed that 8 ounces of just carbonated water depleted the immune system by 12 hours it took 12 hours to recover and if you could be exposed to a flu or a virus or some kind of a you know a bacterium with, and when, you're, when your immune system is depleted by 12 hours you're in trouble and so if, you know carbonation is something that we should absolutely get out of our lives regardless of what anybody says how good it is but we also know by science that it leaches calcium out of the bones, it does all this other stuff. But the but the key to what it does to the immune system is twelve hours. So be very careful with carbonation. And and um there was something that I wanted to talk to you about, I am. Can I get into that for a sec? Mm-hmm.
0: Um now, you mean I am as in God, like as, well, as I am. Well yeah, am. yeah,
1: kinda but the two most powerful words in the universe are I am. Mm-hmm. They mean God and they call forth creation. So when we follow I am by something that is, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm, I'm this. Then, and, and if it's a negative in any way, including sorry is a negative. Because if you say I'm sorry and feel in your body, you kind of feel yourself crunch over. And then you say cancel that because that's not true. And you can say I apologize and most people wouldn't apologize for things they might be sorry for. And so we want to be careful of that that, because it'll hurt our back. Um, But, you know, I I read a book quite a long time ago called The Autobiography of a Yogi. story of Paramahansa Yogananda, long-named great guy. And in it, one of his life journeys was to go around and study the different religions of the world. And guess what he found out, right? They're all the same. Baseline, get the stuff out of there, baseline word for word. And he also found out, Uh, that we're all praying to the same source. We might call it by different names because of languages or religions or cultures, but it's still all the same source. And the biggest aha I got in his book was he gave me the literal translation of amen, okay? And so I have found, oh, I'm not going to tell you just for a second, but I found over many years um, of many people coming from all over the world to do the cleanse is that it's something pretty interesting. So I'm going to share this. After we say a prayer in this country, we might say amen. Native Americans say aho. In India they say am um. in Islam they say Ahim. In Muslim they say Alem. In Hawaiian they say amene. In China they say amin It's a nasal thing way up here I can't really access, but that's okay. In German, Philippines and Russia they say amen. And in Hebrew in ancient language they say o In Sanskrit another very ancient language they say oya men, right? Can you hear the similarities in the in the words? So what Parmahanza discovered was Uh, And then I added all the other languages as people come, was after we say a prayer in any language, in any nation, in any religion, all of the world, whether it's in a church, a teepee, or under a willow tree, we're all saying the same thing in every language, all of the world. And what we're saying is, I am. Can you hear it? Amen, Aho, Ahim, Alem. We're saying, I am as God is in every language. And when I found this out, to me, it meant that the world wasn't such a big place and everybody really wants the same thing. And I found that to be very true. People want healthy bodies, happy families, clean water, clean air, clean food. People really want the same thing. They want close communities, happy relationships. They want that. It doesn't matter what language they they speak or where they live. They want that. And so, to me, the world got smaller and doable. When I found this out, and and so um, the next day after I found this big aha, this and I was doing this inner session that I do in the cleanse. One of the reasons we're so successful is because I'm a master inner child therapist. So I, I take people back. I'm a causal healer. So I look to go after the cause of the problem when it when the distortion began before we were eight years old and correct it, and then true healing can happen and be everlasting. Okay, because we have nine core issues that every human being has all over the world, and we can get into that in a minute. But anyway, so this lady jumped up off my couch when I, after I found out this big aha, and I, I told her what, how exciting it was after I'd done, done the session, and she jumped up off my couch and ran home and brought me this, and it said, I was regretting the past and fearing the future and i know nobody that's listening to this will ever does that do they <laughs> suddenly my lord was speaking my name is i am when you live in the past with its mistakes and regrets it's hard i'm not there my name is not i will i was when you live in the future with its problems and fears it's hard i'm not there either my name is not i will be but if you live in this moment it is not hard i am here my name is, I am. And always that great presence, that great one, and when they're doing science and they're going, how do I, especially quantum physics, they're going, who is the seer? Who's the seeker? Who's the observer? Always, it's God. Always, it's the one source of all that is, that is witnessing and seeing and experiencing all of our experiences with us and not interfering in our freedom of choice, but, it's, but, but hoping that we'll love more than we did yesterday right
0: yeah it's fascinating even whether they're talking about golden ratios or even music like a guy like michael jackson uh i you know i did i grew up doing music and and there are just certain sounds like that, that they're just wired into even oh my god there's, mm-hmm. there's just these sounds are just wired they're not even a choice there are certain tribal sounds or even you know african stuff. they're just wired and they will be universally those mm-hmm. sounds will be universally loved uh because they're just simply the same way you're saying i am and then the this commonality of, of of the word amen and, and the similarities, it's it's so true whether it be gold, golden golden ratio you know, people with their, their concepts of beauty from fairly universal their mm-hmm. concepts of of uh, even vibration or like you said what they wanted it is it is striking um, when you get past the whatever the or the walls or.
1: You know, we're not so different after all, you know. Our, we all have the same digestive system. We all have the same kind of organs. You turn the light off, we're all the same color. <laughs> you know, we all have the same blood and the same blood vessels and, and the same bone structure that's crystalline, so it's amazing. We all have the same way we work the digestive system with amylase and and protease, and, and, and we all have the same, you know, floras and bacterias, and, the, and, the, and we all have the same desire. To remember who we are and walk in it. We all have that that built in. You know, you were talking about faith, and I, I like to tell people about faith, too, because I believe that, and I know, actually, that every human being is born with this innate thing built within us called faith. It's this guiding force that guides us here and guides us there and gets out of pickles we get ourselves into sometimes, too but you know faith can be shaken. So have you ever felt like, you know, you're cruising along pretty good and then somebody just pulls the rug right out from underneath you and like, whoa, and then you lose faith. Even Jesus did it. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, there's this this feeling that was like, whoa, what just happened, right? And 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 then later with our with our due diligence and our faith, we it comes back again because again, father, into thy hands I commit my soul, right? Because it does come back. So so um uh but I'd like to tell people that even with our program and I'm sure there are so many ways to do this as well, but with Angel Farms especially, you know, my goal is is to help people turn their faith into knowing and knowing to me is like the rock of gibraltar you know no matter how hard the wind blows you can't blow it over it just is and it becomes unshakable and and you know if you really want to be a true enlightened being you want to know that you are not shakable out of it. it doesn't matter if somebody's going to come out of you with anger or sadness or they're going to do whatever you're still going to be living your loving self and you're going to bless them up even when they pull out in front of you or they or they cough in your in your in your coffee or they do whatever and you're going to like, well, you know, that's the way it is. Let's pour some new stuff. And not be angry and not be shaken out of your ability to love no matter what. Because what are you going to do? You know, and if we were going to walk you real quick through the body, if you're going to, if you're going to judge and criticize you're going to hurt your kidneys because they're known by the ancients as the reins of humans or the mother of all organs they're designed to process 50 gallons of fluid for us every day and they're the final filtration system to our beautiful heart through our biggest vein in our body called our aorta which is the diameter of a garden hose huge huge amounts of blood that goes through the kidneys to the heart and and so we don't want to be judgmental and critical of, of of trump even or your neighbor or your partner because then you're going to hurt your kidneys and and you don't want to go to kidney dialysis, which are showing up on the corners and all, over the, all over the place like banks. You know, hello. And what's causing it, judging and criticizing instead of loving. And, and then we go into the spleen. The spleen is your center of self-love. And if you're not really, really loving yourself, and I have a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 high, how much you love yourself? And if you don't say you're a 10, then your spleen and your immune system is compromised because your spleen is a little red blood cell reservoir it counts red blood cells and lymphocytes and they mature in your spleen it's like a nursery for red blood cells and lymphocytes and so let's say you have an, an illness or an infection this is how this is the autoimmune system issues right here I've been talking about right and so let's say you have an illness or infection and your army's out there fighting your white counts out there beating it up. Good good job. Good job army. And so the spleen's back there monitoring and getting ready and getting ready and when it registers in the bloodstream that the illness or the infection is over, it shoots instructions to the pineal gland in the middle of your brain at 238 miles per hour. You can't catch that. That's so fast, boom, right? And then it shoots instructions to your, to your adrenals at that same rate of massive speed uh, to your adrenals, which sits on top of your kidneys, little walnut-shaped organs, and they're supposed to release the natural steroid into the system to suppress white cell production. And you know how the AMA, bless them, has to treat all immune system what I call a functions or autoimmune system issues is with steroids and anti-inflammatories and why isn't your body shutting it off because the information from a triad of information from the spleen to the pineal gland to the adrenals isn't heard because people are worrying what's going next what's next I can't and I ask them what was the carpet look like in the hotel room you were looked at you were stayed in yesterday and if they don't know it they weren't there their, their senses weren't there. They were thinking, "What's next?" Instead of where they are right now, and they miss the moment. Most most humans, for a long time, they miss their moments, which are sacred and precious, and. They're short. You know, life is not that long. Even my grandmother's 104, and she still says that. You know, it's short. Better take advantage of it. <laughs> okay, and so the spleen, in order to really boot the immune system up, you get practice staying in the now, which I have a downloadable thing on my website called Angel Instant Fear Release Technique, so it's mm-hmm. very easy to do. And then, and then love yourself. And so on that scale of 1 to 10, 10 high, how much does God love you? or How much does the Creator love you? 10 and so you fake it till you make it and you love yourself a 10 anyway and you don't care you don't give a crap literally and i can say that literally what any human being ever thinks about you again in your lifetime because mother Teresa reminds us it's never been between you and them anyway it's always only been between you and god and between you and god you came here to love and if you're not doing it you're going to cross over and then you're going to return to love so you might as well do it while you're in body because it's tastes good sounds good Mm -hmm. smells good looks good and feels good and those are the reasons why we incarnated is because we said we would love we said we would do it we said we would transform and and remember too to have faith and knowing that it's not everybody who will awaken to this great love but enough of us and that the Dead Sea Scrolls say only 8,000 of us need to walk like God to change the world and that's doable isn't it it's doable.
0: It is doable. Yes, it so doable. Is. So
1: anyway, but I wanted we to need, share that. You need
0: one in a billion then. One in
1: a billion, yeah. so yeah, doable, billion. right? No,
0: I'm sorry, Not one in a billion. One in one in one uh, in one in a million
1: is one. Something like that. The Hopi elders say it's one in one hundred forty-four thousand, and some yeah. people say it's you know the mon- hundredth monkey syndrome or whatever. But it, what it means is, is that 100%. it's not everybody that has to awaken to their true loving self, but it's enough of us and it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing and people gotta stop caring what they're eating or they're you know, I had a I had a a a forty year raw foodist. We just came out of a lot of that in this seminar, right? And he lost twenty six pounds in one day doing the cleanse. And it was, and he didn't. He wasn't heavy. He just was all stuck in there and was really sick, right? But it wasn't all the food that he was eating that was good. It was all his judgments of everybody else that wasn't eating raw that was killing him. And so he let it all go, and he lost 26 pounds in one day, and he felt way better. And all his symptoms went away in one day when yeah, he stopped I, I judging of everybody was, else. I that's true, like, yeah, <laughs> true of a
0: lot of the vegans. They're just, they just, they're, You're eating they're meat. You're so, so naughty. Whole, whole now they spend more of their energy... In fact, 98% of them don't even eat healthy. They eat processed. Yeah,
1: know, these, and and goods, what does but, that do to their immune system when they're always judging other people and their kidneys and their liver and everything? So they might think they're eating really good and it's readable and it's good, but their thoughts. You have to remember that thoughts create and think good things because they do create stuff. And so if you're thinking negative and loving things, you're going to be create things in your body. Your pancreas has to have happiness. If you're angry, you're going to hurt your liver. If you're if you're if you're sad and and grieving, you're going to hurt your heart. If you're not knowing your purpose, you're going to hurt your lungs. If you're if you're stubborn and inflexible, you're going to hurt your knees. If you're afraid of movement of big things like that are stuck and not happy relationships, jobs, or or uh, um, money, these are all things that hurt your hurt hurt your hurt your hips. You know. And so if we if we if we let go of these things, even you know. Five minutes a day. I tell people, just try it for five minutes a day to just let all that go and love yourself. Pretend like you're walking in the moccasins of the Creator. Borrow the Creator's moccasins. Borrow somebody who who you just say, wow, if I could just be like that, I could be really free and really healthy and really a master of love. Then try it for five minutes. You know? Well,
0: Cindy, it has been... A pleasure. <laughs> you're very interesting. I am gonna get. The, I'm gonna get. That's yours. I'm you gonna going sign it for you. Really? Yours. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, i like, to, yeah. That's yeah. very nice. I then guess.
1: you'll have more questions for me.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> we we need to do. We need to do a um. We need to do another remote podcast. Let's see.
1: You might want to come Look, over and do our program, and a, then you're gonna yeah. have lots of fun. No, I
0: probably will at some point. I, I will. <laughs> Um, well, if you're on
1: the road to youthifying and being younger from the inside out, so it shows up in your in your brilliant, shiny skin, then, then you're definitely going to want to come.
0: Well, no, I I think <laughs> that I need to because again, I think someone like me, I mean, for I mean, for many reasons, but but in addition, again, I was a chronic overeater, and so let me get you a better pen.
1: Okay.
0: I, I was I was a really bad. I mean, like I, it's oh, bad. I mean, and again, I didn't. I always thought, well, I don't do drugs, I, I didn't drink, I didn't, and I just thought, I've only been drunk once in my life, I mean, <laughs> you know, that was by accident, but I just thought, well, I'm just Mr. Perfect, right? And then I didn't realize, like, oh, no, you just totally took it out on food, and and I ate. I mean, again, I think some of it's genetic, too, in the sense that, like, you I have could guy,
1: talk about that, though.
0: But, I mean, you have guys like Kobayashi, me, but I mean genetic, I mean genetic in the sense, too, not just the spiritual Does that head not work? But, you said? but I, th- I think also gen- genetic meaning. I don't think this one does. This one? I don't, I don't really trust this one, but give it a go. But I mean genetic in the sense that my stomach, even though you were telling me about how, how, you know, the, the stomach, I expanded my stomach to the point where there just was no one like. I could have been a professional. You know, the professional eaters, what they do is they drink ungodly amounts of water, and that's part of how they get their stomachs to expand. Mm. It's not just eating. Wow. They, they, they they, do a lot of manipulation with water and expanding it, and I didn't do that ever, because, in fact, I've been chronically underhydrated most of my career. I think if I had known what I'm starting to learn about hydration now, I would have been had much better performances. I was very much just a tough-minded, you know, we were like, you can't drink water. Water is weakness. If you have a water break, then you know that we grew up. A lot of coaches were like that. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling coaches, football coaches. Even
1: even ballerinas are yeah. told not to drink water, and then yeah. they end up with all kind of chronic diseases because they went for so long, moving their body, sweating, and not drinking water. Yeah,
0: so much. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just look at like we used to be right beside the boiler room, our wrestling room. Mm-hmm. All the guys.
1: You have to spell your name? You don't do
0: it any. Oh, F O R Z A. So Forza is, and again, that may that's not be how that.
1: you usually go by.
0: Yeah, Frank Forza. Oh, well, my, my name's Carreri Forza, but but Forza is what I'm gonna legally get changed to. But because I want to show you, I'll show you a picture in a second. But Forza, now Forza is good and bad because it's a beautiful Italian name. Frank is like rock. You know, you and I are both in the names over there, vibrations and names, and we say even like even if people didn't know what Frank means, it has as you and I were talking about earlier, there's a vibrational, a universal vibrational correspondence where the vibration of words, whether it be amen or variations of that, or frank, which is rock, there are all of these kind of things that are, that the words, it's someone repeating it, so it's very important when we name things, right, when we hear the name, like you're saying, word choices, like, even what we name ourselves, like, Carreri is more like is like a runner, you know, Correr to run a messenger. Carreri is is a messenger in Italian, and that can be very powerful, right? Carreri, and that's, I still keep that name, but um, but Forza is force in Italian, and that's 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 bad and it's good, right? Like so, my name is a rock force, which does fit who I am, but the reality is, that I need to double down on relaxation, Zen. Which is what
1: what I'm telling you about your good constitution. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is not... (laughs) Right. But but Forza, I've overdone it with the Forza, and so what I actually need is I need yin-yang, which is I have a lot of Forza naturally, but I need a lot of flow. I need to add a lot of, um, you know, the zen, the flow, and I'm working on that now, and I think that comes with... uh, It comes with the confidence where... Because we used to think as fighters... We thought that being tough was if somebody said something or insulted us, we would respond. And then you realize, as you get older, the toughness is that you don't have to respond. To that didn't hurt you. They mm-hmm. said something, it didn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, we we didn't realize that as a fighter, if you have to fight about that, that is weakness. If that person got under your skin, that is weakness. That mm-hmm. is not that is not strength. That is weakness. And um, if you think that, then it becomes easier to be in more of a zen or a flow. Now I think I'm always going to be, and then even when I'm in front of people and I'm speaking or something, I, part of what some of the audience likes is that I can be very fiery and passionate. Mm-hmm. And as long as that's authentic, and as long as that's where I really feel about it, and as long as I like it, I intend to use it. But the reality is, is that a lot of times when we're using that, there's a time and a place for that. There's time that just organically get there. But a lot of times we're using it It's a form of like anxiety, or it's a form of we're overdoing something. Or it's kind of like the equivalent of you know how you're there if a guy meets a girl and he talks, he doesn't want any empty silence because he's scared that the empty silence means she'll go away, or she'll leave, or mm-hmm. he won't be able to continue the conversation or continue the date. So he just keeps talking, and he, he says way more than he needs to, and he's, uh, half of what he says doesn't even matter that's how I view even a lot of the passion thing where there's a time and a place for yes you're, you're a fiery guy and that can really move people and it can make a point very powerfully but on the other hand if I stay there for too long I have to make sure my staying with the intention behind that mm-hmm. I, if the intention is good it's a positive kind of passion then, then great but if it's not a good intention then it's foremost it's destructive to me actually it's not it doesn't matter even if it's good for my career even if mm-hmm. it's good for me to make a billion dollars it could be destructive to me right it could people could love it and eat it up and but it's it could be very destructive to me to be in a hardened state of mm-hmm. internal state of like so I've tried to manage it better where um be more mindful of it like even when I do if I do a podcast or something realizing aura a speech or even a, a video realizing, because sometimes you feel this pressure, like, the the audience has to see you animated. And now I'm realizing, like, well, first of all, that could be destroying me if I'm always in that state of, like, that hyperness that mm-hmm. can be destructive. Mm-hmm. That's just not healthy. Not healthy. And, and that's, and, and secondly, um, you know, Again, I don't care if it's going to be popular or not. I would rather be more authentic, which is if I want to do a video and I want to be flow, I want to be flow. I don't want someone to tell me, like, you have to be, you're frank you have to be passionate, you have to be all like. No, when that's organic, and when I, you know, if I, if I was to talk about vaccines, I didn't talk about that thing, but if I was to go on and you know about vaccines mm-hmm. too, maybe mm-hmm. more than I do, when I study them ad nauseum and I get pretty passion fired up, which is why I don't speak about them that much. Um, because it, it's, right now, it's destructive to me. You and I talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, there are issues, there'll be fights where I get like that, I get passionate, but I'm realizing like now, like, most topics I don't need to be like that, and I don't think it's even healthy for me to be like that, and if the viewer expects me to be in this frenzy, you know, I don't want to be like that for every video, they just have to go somewhere else, like there are going to be videos where I, a lot of videos where I speak like this, and I just talk like that, right. and then there'll be videos where organically a certain topic or a certain day or whatever. Right. It's but,
1: passionate.
0: Yeah, but I don't want to feel like pressured, like I have to get in this guess, On, only you though cause
1: that pressure, not anybody yeah. else. So don't let don't let you know, I tell people if you're if you're trying to figure out what other people are thinking yeah. and, 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 and modifying your behavior because of that, then I call that double insanity. Hmm. Because when you're in your own brain, you're not even supposed to be figuring out your own brain, that's insane itself. And so you don't want to be double insane by trying to figure out what other people are thinking right? So don't give a crap, literally, what anybody thinks, and follow your heart, and it's a good heart. You you know, you'll be, you're perfect, perfect, perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, you know, I want to show you something really quick. I want to see what you think, just because you're a very intuitive person. I, I have never done this, by the way, what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you that it's, it's something.